0: This episode of Ride the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets, where if you're entertaining for the holidays and the chances are pretty good that you might be, this is the place to go for everything, whatever your needs are in the kitchen, and we'll talk about beyond in a second it's zoo absolutely
1: in fact chris i have already ordered my christmas meal it's a prime rib dinner for four because i started thinking about i don't want to cook in the kitchen on christmas so i'm gonna allow zoo to do it all for me i just have to reheat it and it's good to go
0: there's nothing better than that so also if you're decorating your table oh my god they have awesome napkins everything candles everything for uh, your holiday occasion or just yeah. entertaining wreaths we got our wreaths at zupan's did you really yeah and it's beautiful that, yeah and of course they have they have easily you can't beat their floral department so nope. if you're looking for plants flowers anything you want to bring Zoopans is great if you're at a loss for gift ideas i like wandering the aisles and they have lots of food things and also uh, not food things, anything related to food, but, I mean, you can, again, things for the table, other ideas that might be of interest to you. And if you're at a loss, it, there's always a Zupans gift card available.
1: Oh, yeah. You cannot go wrong there. Things on sale up until the 26th to be aware of. You've got double R ranch beef short ribs. I'm looking at these right now on the website, Chris, and I'm hungry. Like, literally, I want to make these. So I'm pretty sure I can go to Zupans.com and get a great recipe and make something delicious for my family this weekend.
0: I want to eat it. I don't necessarily want to make it. So invite me over. You you make it. I'll eat it. Also, the Holiday Panettone is available. It looks... Beautiful. This is not the usual uh, box that you see. These are these are luxurious, beautiful Panettone. So if you want to bring somebody, if you're on your way somewhere, that's something that's beautiful and unexpected. Panettone It's Zupans. It's a great way to
1: go. Three locations to serve you. you got McAdam, West Burnside, and Lake Oswego. And we always recommend people go where, Chris? Zupans.com. All right, here it is time once again. It's Portland's Food Scene Podcast right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures, and I'm co-host, Court Johnson.
0: Thank you, Court, and I hope you have a great holiday as we all wish everyone a happy holiday as we... Inch closer towards completing 10 years of podcasting on Right at the Fork. As I've said before, we started this before anybody knew what a podcast was. Now I don't think that's the case. So we're glad you're here with us. We encourage you to subscribe so you can continue on with us into our second decade of recording this podcast. Um, it's been, it's been quite a run and we've enjoyed it. And I have to say these last two episodes of 2023 I enjoyed immensely. Because we're talking not necessarily about backgrounds. We're talking about the Portland food scene with some of the most prolific eaters that we have in Portland, starting with Bill Oakley, who runs the or started the steamed hams society, which is something you can join and you'll hear about how to do that in this podcast. But also, if you go to at that Bill Oakley, you'll see uh his postings of the Portland Steamies awards and also the Steamies awards nationally some of his favorite places in different categories we get off of those categories and talk a little bit about some of things that we both like like frozen pizza what to order but bill loves to eat and i thought it was kind of fun when i asked him why he named the steam's hams steamed ham society what it is it was because he didn't like the the term foodie, which n- none of us really like, but he didn't like the food ter- foodie. So it's a, it's a society made up of foodies. So a uh, good one to follow. So I enjoyed this conversation with Bill quite a bit uh, court. You interviewed him back in June of 2022, where we talk a little bit about Bill's background as a showrunner Um with uh, a little show called The Simpsons, where he also wrote there for quite a few years and how that all came about. So that one I encourage you to listen to as a companion piece to this interview right now with Bill Oakley of the Steamed Hams
2: Society. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zoopans Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupans and be inspired for your next meal. Food loving customers and local chefs know that Zupans is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland. West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family owned for over 40 years. Zupans Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years, Ringside has been providing the best steaks and has been the home of the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. It's your opportunity to travel to the world's most celebrated food destinations with right at the fork host Chris Angeles and some of his favorite chef friends. Check out Portlandfoodadventures.com for exciting and delicious itineraries to Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. Stay in great hotels, eat incredible food, and leave the planning to Portland Food Adventures.
0: Good. I'm glad, and I'm really glad to have you here. I spent some of this morning, listening to your uh, interview with Court uh, about a year and a half ago, and a little has changed since then. Oh, yeah? Well, I mean, you know, a year and a half in today's life. Yeah. You know, the older you get, the faster things go. So... Um, But no, I found it interesting because you and, and Court were talking about moving to Portland in 2008, and I was wondering if all those wonderful reasons for, you know, leaving L.A. and Portland looking like a better place for you still held true.
3: Is, are, is this, is this prior to, are we recording this? Is this part of the podcast? Is, or, yes. (laughs) Well,
0: this is, you know, I kind of started the way, uh, you know, we did this long before Bill Maher, but Bill Maher just kind of goes into it and half of his guests say, did we start already? So,
3: (laughs) okay. Yes. You know, I would say the answer is yes. I would, the thing is, I would, I would say I'm not quite as comfortable, uh, you know, with like, I, when we moved here, I was like i'm totally fine with letting the seven year old seven year old kids walk to Fred Meyer on their own. That was part of the thrill of moving here i right. 'm not totally sure that I would do that today, but otherwise, yes,
0: well, I go back you know years ago, and not only were we our parents unaware of where we were during the day when we were five years old, and at night, I mean I was out every single night. there was never a report into where I was going or what I was doing." during you know junior high school high school the whole thing and we used to hitchhike around town and there was never the only thing that would happen is our our um, friends mothers would pick us up and just say do you think you should be doing this and you wouldn't tell them you needed a ride to go get cigarettes at 16 years old uh
3: well, i would <laughs> so, say yes i mean honestly that's the thing like yeah, I grew up in an environment like that, too. And I would say in 2009, when we moved here, I, perhaps naively and incorrectly, thought it was pretty similar to that. Um, and I wasn't, you know, I was perfectly happy letting the kids roam around and go to the park by themselves and things like that. So that's not quite exactly the same, but otherwise, pretty much everything else is.
0: Yeah, well, I I learned that things had completely changed when I moved to Lake Oswego in 2005, and we lived real close to the junior high school. Uh-huh. And there was a line of SUVs out in front of that school in the morning and the afternoon. And these were people who lived less, like a half mile away. So their kids weren't even walking in that, in Lake Oswego. This is not, that's a know, whole
3: different universe or, than Portland, though. You can't even, comp- it's not even the same. It's, it's barely even in the same planet.
0: I know, especially then, but I mean, I couldn't believe that the parents couldn't just let the kids think for 15 minutes or a half hour walking to school. That's where I, I kicked one rock all the way to school when I was a kid, uh-huh. just kept kicking the whole rock. And that was, to me, was way better than being in the back of an SUV. But okay, that's out of the way. I was just uh, I was curious as to, because they were pretty strong reasons for you wanting to move here. Yeah. Versus Los Angeles. And I lived in Los, I lived in Topanga Canyon. Oh, nice. For a few years back in the 70s, late 70s.
3: Well, I would say the thing, the other thing that's changed is that the kids, those little kids that we moved here to raise are all grown, are practically grown up now. So, right. like that's, and I think they did a good, I think PPS did a good job with them. And I'm very happy that was, that was one of the reasons we moved here. So, um, you know, w- whether I would, choose to move here again i probably i almost certainly would yeah it's expensive though man like back then i feel like it wasn't quite as expensive then either
0: that's what i mean things have changed and when you moved here to get on on topic here when you moved here there wasn't really the same food scene there was now but that food scene changed four or five three or four years ago with the pandemic yeah quite a bit but it's still here, and I'm so glad to see people like you and Gary the Foodie really keeping up with it so that people like me who are a little removed, more removed than I used to be. I was right in the middle of it for a long time. But so we can keep up with it through you, through uh, live vicariously through you. Cool. Well, I'm happy to
3: provide that service. Um, in, in the course of, of eating my meals. Um, you know, and I would say the thing about that I've realized upon doing this is like at least half the stuff I do is devoted to food carts, you know, and that's one thing that like that I recall when we moved here, there was only a couple of cart pods at all. There was that big one downtown and there mm-hmm. was the Hawthorne. What's that one called? Where they have <laughs> that with, with potato champions. It's just
0: called, right, I think it's well, I think it 's just the Hawthorne food carts, you know and, and you and it ha- and it 's gone through iterations you yeah, you missed what was the uh the one that I thought was amazing that moved i 'll think of it while we 're talking i 'll look it up. But, uh, it's where chicken and guns is now. Yes. And, yes. Uh, I remember the, that was, Whiffy, that was Whiffy's, Whiffy's Fried food Pies. Food I Pies. Pies. I was
3: there. Whiffy's Fried Pies. There was, the pa- that right. was back when they only had, uh, Potato Champion and Whiffy's Fried Pies and Periera, Creperie. <laughs> and I think right. maybe Power Pizza was there. But yeah. And then like this huge explosion of food carts, you know, that, that took place in all these pods, which we still have, most of which we still have took place. And I think it really peaked during the pandemic because carts were a great place to go to get to eat during the pandemic. And I think like since then, we've been a little bit on the downswing and carts have been leaving and moving and stuff. But honestly, I really like going, I don't, I think part of it is that if I often go out for lunch, I don't like to go sit in a lunch in a restaurant and have lunch by myself, but doing that at the cart, (laughs) perfectly fine.
0: I, uh, I'd rather be inside where I'm covered and not, I don't know. Um and I, I would tell you I surmise this. This is my hypothesis why food carts may I don't know, I don't have the data, but why food carts may not be as prolific as they were is that the people who could get together get the the funds together to start a food cart years ago are now doing pop ups instead. It's less expensive. You don't oh, need the true. you don't need the physical plant.
1: That may so be true.
0: I think they're if they're trying to get a restaurant get some traction on a restaurant if that's the goal I think they're they you know and they have probably people they used to work for who own restaurants who are looking for something to do with it on Monday or Tuesday night I think that's that's my guess. That's definitely what part of happened. it, I'm sure.
3: And also I understand, yeah. I mean, I remember last year or two ago, there was also this thing about the water, that, that the new regulations regarding like wastewater and stuff from carts that caused a lot, mm-hmm. uh, several carts to have to go out of business or, or, or relocate. So like that, it, for all I know, that could be part of it too
0: yeah i get, there's a lot of factors but um but yes, they were perfectly positioned as were pizza places during the pandemic yeah. you know they they were already in that business of take takeout. so uh let's start there as long as we're talking about pizza places. I'm looking at your two thousand twenty three Portland Steamies list, which is i find it very interesting it's not too cart- it's not too cart it is heavy. not it's
3: about half and half isn't it and and you're right, a couple of those are pop ups.
0: Right, they're pop-ups, but they're also... Um, pizza. Here's the one thing that, that, that the first thing I took out of it is of all the great pizza places in Portland, you've got a cheeseburger vegan pizza on your list. That's the one that you honed in on somehow. Well,
3: okay, no, there's all there's another pizza. <laughs> there's a Detroit pizza on that list as well. Where is uh, that the th- fourth from the bottom? It's the one from Ruse Brewing Cross Collective. Oh, so yeah, let, I'm sorry. Let me explain. One of the things about the Portland <laughs> Steamies is you're not allowed to win more than once. So all those other ones that are famous. already won and that's That's otherwise it would be the same 40 things every year it would be the same the steam burger from canard the pizza from a pizza show like that's why you can't that's why it's always has to be new things um
0: and it keeps you going out and refreshing and it's too easy to go hey that that the the ken's artisan um you know uh margarita is fantastic i'll just put that right that
3: would be that wouldn't be that wouldn't be an amusing. It wouldn't be entertaining. And so that's you can, you can only win once. So this is I will tell you, though, my four favorite pizzas and depending on the genre, these were great. OK, that cheeseburger, vegan pizza. I think vegan food has arrived. Honestly, this is the year where I had a, a five or six vegan meals. And I was like, I I couldn't tell the difference between the, the, the meat and the cheese, which has been a problem prior to now.
0: Uh, did you were, did you specifically want to try vegan things or would, were you with people who were eating vegan?
3: Um, I was actually, was Wu, who is probably Portland's most famous vegan and runs veganizer, took me out to a couple places, uh, including boxcar pizza. Um, and so that was part of it. Yes. And then I also did a, a collaboration with, with gnarly's, the vegan food card for the steamed ham society. Um, and we did it. We did like a vegan Big Mac thing that, that, he created so that was but yes and honestly i was i was probably ushered into it by by waswu <laughs> um, but i i'm pleased with the results anyway so that's one pizza that, that i would say that stands aside but just to be clear about the pizzas as i see them in this town you can't rank them against each other because there's so many different types and the types cannot be compared <laughs> okay so for new york for me it would be a pizza shoals and pizza jerk for uh for deep for deep dish cillian it would be the one that's on this list which is the crust collective which does it which isn't actually in Vancouver but does uh, weekends at ruse Brewing in southeast mm-hmm. um, also pop pizza I liked quite a bit um the other pizza that I particularly like is and honestly if I could only have one pizza ever again in Portland it would be this one it would be from Bridge City. Bridge City um, uh, until Jerry's opens is the only place in town that does uh, Chicago style tavern pizza thin crust tavern pizza you know big cut in squares that kind of thing and I their pizza is I can't I can't control myself when I get that pizza. <laughs> and it's uh it that place never gets any press it's such a weird anomaly um because it doesn't like it's never hot it never gets written up on these articles but the pizza is my absolute favorite if i had to pick amongst all of those um and then wow, also jerry heard
0: anybody talk about Have it you about
3: heard then there it's on woodstock it's it's been there for years no. it's a neighborhood place and they don't advertise they're not it's hard to get them delivered you know on on the services and i love it i love it i love it but the other ones i should also say jerry's you know jerry's Jerry. Jerry did a pop-up <laughs> Jerry, whose last name I forget now, did this pop-up during the pandemic where he was cooking the pizzas from his house and it was a big deal. He's going to be opening a restaurant soon, which also makes uh, thin crust Chicago style pizza, which is going to be which is going to be spectacular too
0: All right, so to cross over a little bit from the Portland Steamies to the you know the overall let's uh-huh. see, the annual Steamy Awards, just because you were talking about it, I somehow became and I'm not a Chicago style. Pizza, love her, but I do like it. um You know, I'm from New Haven. Just to yes, a all right. Back. Well, New Haven, New you ha- got your oh, well, New Haven style pizza. So. Yeah, you like it all burned. Yeah, you so like
3: it burned, big burned no, patches so on that's it. The <laughs> that's
0: the bullshit. That's the so everybody anything that's got char on it, they call a New Haven style pizza. But uh, they don't. I don't think anybody serves real New Haven style out here. They can call it that, but it's not. But at any rate, to go where I was going, I discovered Lou Mulnati's online at uh on Goldbelly a few years ago and I started ordering that. Well they just offered a uh Italian beef pizza. So with the Italian beef, peppers and onions on it, a special. This was like a month ago. A special. But they also offered the thin crust. Yes. You could I've you could those. add that to the order. So I ordered that. And it's pretty good. So, you know, as far as just crossing over to the kinds of well foods, let me turn you on you let
3: highlight. me turn you on to some other alternatives to those okay because okay. illuminati's is i would say is acceptable but as far as the ones you get from gold belly giordano's i think is is significantly better um and
0: that's chicago style yes
3: it's another place in chicago and at pequod's everybody always talks about pequod's like it's, it's the absolute best place in chicago well in terms of the ones you get from Gold Belly, I didn't think it was as good as, as Giordano's. Giordano's also requires a little bit more effort to cook, you know, because when you get it, like you cook it and then you have to, there's a separate packet with the sauce that you put on and it, you can see how that makes it better. Um, furthermore, if you're looking for thin crusts, I actually go have, the ones I have loved best have been not from Chicago, but have been these ones called Hedgies from Minnesota, which is like, they call this, it's like they're, t- they're. They're gold standard in in bar pizza, tavern pizza. And I also like the St. Louis ones, which people, a lot of people hate. You know, St. Louis pizza has that Provel cheese on it. Um, and it's a little bit more like a ricotta type cheese, I guess. It, uh, and right. um, some people hate that, but I love it. Those Emo's ones, that's St. Louis style pizza. They're all, these tavern pizzas are all kind of the same, but there's regional variations that people take very seriously.
0: And you can order those online? Yeah, Goldbelly. Belly, Uber. I mean,
3: Goldbelly Belly gets more and more expensive all the time. But like if you're – if Everything I does. I know. I know. They hook
0: you in and then look at look at what Uber's cost Jeez. now. But anyway. Gold um, Belly,
3: if you want a treat, those are the ones I'd recommend from Gold Belly for sure. And also Table 87 in Brooklyn makes – I've
0: done have those. You have you
3: done those? They're, they're the slices. Yep. It's very convenient mm-hmm. to get the pre-cooked slices, which they come out great.
0: All right. Brooklyn, Table 87. The, there are a couple of ingredients or that factors that go into being a really good food person or a great food person like you. That is being adventuresome and to try different things, but also having a good memory. I can't remember the names of places so often. I'm like, what was that? I just did it a while ago with these and finally came up with it. But, um yeah, you have to have a good memory. The fact that you're just reeling these off. I also think it has to do with age. You're not my age yet, so <laughs> I to, to, still to I couldn't wait.
3: remember the name of the cart pod on uh, the Hawthorne cart pod, which I know has a name, <laughs> but it's the one on Eleventh and, and Hawthorne. Where Whiffy's well, everybody big...
0: knows that you don't need to okay. remember <laughs> okay. that. So you get a way, you get a pass on that because everybody knows where it is. And you know we used to go there before Lardo was across the street yeah. when that old was... broken
3: down diner was there. That's what was there before right. Lardo, right? It was empty the entire when I moved here. It was an empty building.
0: I think it was a diner, but before that, it was a gas station. And that was the somehow the deal that they made to bu- put Lardo in there had to do with the, the fuel tanks underneath oh, and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. and a grandfathered claws. I don't know all the ins and outs of that, but that was the, that was the genius of opening Lardo from a food cart. I used to go to Lardo when it was. I food did too.
3: Cart. I did too.
0: Yeah. Well, okay. You've been around. That's right. You've been around. So it was good. The cool thing about Lardo in that food cart on belmont right the belmont that was a good man that was cards. the
3: best pod for a while you know the viking soul food was there they're still around and there was that right. Cacalax fried chicken which just vanished uh and then that other that mac and cheese place which is also still around at the one across the street
0: do you remember euro trash i
3: remember the name i don't think i ever ate there
0: yeah that guy was crazy and i we were friends i see i can't remember his name now and we used to hang out um but at any rate, that goes way back to 2010. So, uh, But I remember the thing about Lardo was I used to go and hang out with Rick a little bit. We were friends, and we always had plans to go out afterwards when he closed. But he would spend two and a half hours cleaning that cart every night. Everybody else was gone. Soon as the eight o'clock rolled around or whenever it was that they closed, lights off, they're out. Rick would be scrubbing the grease off of that car. That's the kind
3: of industriousness that's given him this empire now.
0: I know. Exactly. That, that, and, and I'm sure that's the way, well, my son worked for him for a while and man, if he is, he's way better to clean in the kitchen than he used to be <laughs> since he's worked for him. So, um, so where does Lardo fit in, uh, in your, Lardo, Grasso, that whole empire. Lard-
3: and and Bluto's. Have you been Yes, to I love Bluto's. In fact, it was a steamy last year. Um, I'm, I don't remember which item it was, but that's the best. Uh, I don't remember if it was this item, but I their their pita bread, that fresh baked pita bread that comes right out of the oven.
0: With the hummus. Blew my
3: mind. It's, it's so much better. That, I mean, I've had good pita bread, but this is like, it's staggeringly good. And then the hummus, yeah. And I think that the, they had a steamer last year. Uh, I... Order from I, I haven't eaten anything at Grasa in particular. Elardo um, Lardo generally wins a steamy every year for their chef witches. Um, mm-hmm. And this year, I didn't think I tried any of their chef witches, but they have those every month. They have those ones that are collaborations with other local chefs, and they generally tend to be amazing. And also, I like their. I mean, a lot of their stuff was kind of pre steamy awards that I had, uh, like the, the meatball. What is it the is it the, the Vietnamese the banh mi me The banh mi,
0: the banh mi yeah. is like my hands down if I can't figure out look at the menu and go ah, all right I'll just get the banh mi it's great
3: Yeah that uh, obviously then some of those things came in to existence long before I did the steamies and i would eaten them so many times but yeah I I like I I have I get lardo a lot um and I order it sometimes too
0: so whereabouts we don't want specific address, but what neighborhood do you operate from?
3: Oh, in southeast, and that's why I, I you know, I you may notice that a number of my things are kind of southeast oriented um, because. Right. I, I don't like, I'm a lazy man and I don't like to go up to Northeast Fremont where the parking is so bad or Northeast Alberta or Killingsworth because then I have to walk three blocks to get to the restaurant and I'm lazy. If I could go to the cart pod right here, the JoJo cart pod, you can park right in front of the cart (laughs) practically. And yes, that's, I know it's an unportlandy thing to say, but that's, you know, it takes, it takes a half an hour for me to drive up to Northeast Alberta.
0: Oh, hold on a minute while I go get the tissues.
3: <laughs> yes, so, I did it though. Here, I did it to go to Bowen Canaan for their Jolly Bee pop up this weekend, and I took, and uh, you know that was amazing. You trooper, yeah.
0: you are such a trooper. So I, for years I lived in South. First I started in Lake Oswego, then I lived in Southwest Portland over uh, near Barber. And so, and now I live in Manzanita. So anybody that complains about driving <laughs> anywhere and parking, I'm like everywhere I go, which is also why I don't go as much as I used to. And I've lost 50 pounds. That's the other thing. Have you, have you, do you, uh, maintain a nice weight b- while you're doing all of this?
3: I think so. And it's because I don't, when I'm, I only eat when I'm doing this, like I don't like when I'm not having a meal that I consider to be a special meal, I, um, okay. I just eat healthy stuff generally and it's, um, or, or frozen pizzas, but yes, I've been trying to get, um, super healthy. So I eat like a super healthy breakfast and I eat like freaking steamed broccoli and chicken breast for lunch. And then I'm, then I'm allowed to have whatever I want for dinner or when I'm going out to, um, try a new place.
0: Oh, well you go through the torture to get to the good stuff. Yeah, so I can, might... I can
3: eat 18 hours of, of really bland, healthy stuff. If I, if I know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Well that's good that's the, I for me that would be the only way. It's kind of like getting through winters yeah. in Portland, which to me are nothing cuz I went through northeast winters for years, but even so looking out the window now and all the gloominess, you got to get out once a year. Once a winter it's the to somewhere nice. It's not
3: that I, I don't have to tell anybody listening to this podcast. It's the gloominess. It's not you have to shovel snow or any crap like that. It's the dark, gloomy, depressing, horror movie uh, background <laughs> type stuff that, that gets to me and always did.
0: Right. But every once in a while, like this last week, there yeah. were some beautiful, yeah. beautiful days. And we have the February fakeout. We
3: have the February fakeout right. every February. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to go out to Soviet Island, lie on the beach, <laughs> and it's you know, 55 degrees.
0: Right. So you get a few of those. I really think Portland gets a bad rap. Years ago, I would tell people I moved out here and they'd say, oh, it rains so much. Well, it, actually, if you looked at the data, uh, Connecticut got more rain than we got here. It's just a matter of how it's distributed. Exactly. Exactly. So, so it's just like right now, it's out there misting and it's called rain. It's nothing you have to put on, uh, you need an umbrella for or anything, but you know, the forecast says rain today. Whereas in, oh, South Carolina, where my parents lived, or in Connecticut, it comes down in a deluge and it's ruin, it ruins your day. This doesn't really ruin your day. Right. You can still operate. Sure. So that's the way I look at it. But, but you're coming from LA. And the one thing I learned when I came to examine Portland in uh, 03 and 04 as a place to live, I remember I was sitting at the bar at Jake's. And telling people I was thinking of moving here. And they were all like, every one of them said, no, nah, you don't want to move here. It sucks, blah, blah, blah. And then I told them I wasn't from California. And they were all, oh, you might really like it. Let me <laughs> tell you where you want to live. <laughs> so uh, there's that difference. You came here from California. So you've withstood the broccoli and bland chicken. Um, I also have
3: an ultraviolet light, um, which gives me the necessary vitamin D and stuff like that to survive. So I discovered this after years of all this other stuff that people use, like fish oil and those other lamps and stuff that like you need. It's the vitamin D that you're not getting from the sun. And um, I got this medical ultraviolet light, which I use every other day, and it keeps me from going bananas. So that's oh, a secret good. for everyone who 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 has who goes bananas during the winter here.
0: And then I would ask if you if you're really uh, in touch with yourself, knowing that you haven't gone bananas. You may have, and you don't know. Crazy people don't know they're crazy.
3: That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> I can't say say anything to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm just kind of a little East Coast humor, <laughs> I suppose. So let's go. First of all, what we didn't do, uh, and Court and I will have done this in the intro a little bit. But why don't you explain the steamed hams society uh, from – and I know you did it on the previous po- podcast, number 313. Um, but just give a quick elevator speech as to what steamed hams is and um, why you're doing it.
3: I don't like – the term foodies but it is a club for foodies (laughs) okay that's (laughs) what it is it's steamed hams society.com named after a famous sketch that i wrote for the simpsons and i continue to use that as my trademark in uh, in other arenas like the steamy awards um so it's a club that has several hundred members worldwide although there's a significant number number of them in portland and we just talk about food all the time and like that's where all the information that's how I i get a lot of this information like we have a lot of really devoted people who are like There's a new pizza at Domino's. There's a new burger coming at McDonald's. I had this incredible chicken sandwich in Tennessee that you have to try. I have this recipe that I found that my mother gave me. And so it's like that. We have a Discord, which is very active all day long of people from all over the country like weighing in on this stuff. Plus, we have live stream events where I have like food critics or whatever. Or we also have Simpsons people sometimes, because I return the Simpsons. Um and we have merchandise. We have um you know, it's basically just a club. And and in fact, the members here in Portland are a benefit from their location because sometimes we also have secret menu items uh, where I have, I got burger Stevens uh I've gotten, a number of, of, of pretty prominent carts to do menu items that are only for Ham Society members that don't appear on the menu. Um, so that's anyway. It's a fun, it costs as little as five dollars if you want to join per month. And if you and if you want to spend a lot of money, you can join the level where I mail you my favorite snacks um, every quarter. And we also have private zooms and stuff too for the elite <laughs> members.
0: You mean the actual the actual snacks? Yeah, yeah. It's to- like a
3: snack box too that I personally assemble. Oh, that's awesome. So, but that <laughs> costs. Like- a lot of money. Um, And then there's even a level for people who want a really expensive level, people who want me to read their scripts and give them a TV writing advice or movie writing advice too because I get so many requests for that and it's so time consuming that you now have to pay for it. So that's that's one level.
0: So let me ask you this. Is one of your favorite phrases on the planet, I need to pick your brain. Don't you love that phrase? (sighs) I can't stand it. It's to me, it's like let me, you know, Listen there there's a there's networking and there's talking but immediately when you come out when someone comes out and says I need to pick your brain it's like I want to use you for your professional knowledge and uh I'm happy to give know. any
3: almost anybody 5 minutes of advice on that type of thing but reading people's scripts is the is so time consuming and so boring and so I don't want to read professional scripts I don't want to read my own scripts you know and so if you want me to read your <laughs> script and think about it and then give you thoughtful feedback I now charge for that because I don't like doing it.
0: All right. Can I get you, can I, can I get you to listen to five minutes of our podcast and give us a little feedback? Five minutes. Maybe at least this one, yeah. at least this one. Okay. You can write afterwards and say, listen, Chris, man, you could have done a lot better than that. So, um, <laughs> I appreciate that. So as part of the, uh, steamed hams and let me point out to anyone listening, it's a plural ham. It's not just steamed ham. It's steamed hams, right? If yes. you're looking it up. Um, you do your Steamy Awards, which you've alluded to, and I'm looking at your 2023 Portland Steamies, and I just wanted to go down a few of these. Absolutely, just a, just a And we can talk about the National
3: Steamies too, which are also a different sort of animal because they're videos that I do every year.
0: Right, and I want to talk about that okay. too. And I also really enjoyed you on the food that made America. By the way, thank that you. Was right at that was right after you did the podcast with Court. Long ago. And then here I am watching that, and you pop up. And I thought, well, that's fucking awesome that he's doing that. And how fun is that? And what a great show. I love that I whole know, it's series. So the, it's so good. It's so entertaining. Everything the food that built America, the uh, the titans that built America, yeah. the cars that built America were pretty cool. It's too. really
3: good. It's really good. And yeah, I'm, there is a season five, I'm, I'm season four quite a bit as well. You saw season three. And season five is I just filmed some stuff from season five. So it is coming back, and you're going to hear me talk about things like Tropicana orange juice. Juice and Seven Up, and all sorts of stuff like that.
0: Very awesome. Those were and just watching that show to hear where all that stuff came from, or the the war between Pizza Hut and Domino's yeah. was really yeah. fascinating. Um, and just Hostess kick everything. It's really really cool. I think I show my age when those things are of um, paramount interest to me. I, I enjoy oh, that. Same, I just, probably. go way back. I don't know if you if in Maryland they had wetsons did they have Wetsons? 18 cent burgers no. yeah well that was probably the northeast only but uh i remember when our first mcdonald's opened in norwalk connecticut and uh going there that was kind of crazy so um they've opened a couple since so um okay well while we're on that topic when you go to mcdonald's what do you order i remember you saying you don't order fries because that just fills you up
3: Yes. Well, normally I just order cheeseburgers. I love their regular cheeseburgers. Sometimes I play around with modifying them in various ways. Um, if I'm, if I want something more substantial, I always get the quarter pounder deluxe, which is a quarter pounder with lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise on it, which I believe is the best nationally available fast food burger. Now there's a lot of caveats to that because I don't consider five guys to be fast food, et cetera, et cetera. But as a regular fast food thing, the Quarter Pounder Deluxe, now that they have the fresh beef and it's not frozen, is, I think, is my uh, cho- my choice for the best.
0: Can I tell you what my problem is with that? Yes. I, I ordered it because Gary told me I had to order
3: yeah, it. Yeah, he liked it, too. Well, he was – I think we, we both share that.
0: Right. So, I often am eating in my car when I – you know, I'm on the coast. So, I don't really feel like going in there. My dog's in the car and I, I feed him leftover burgers. But my problem with that is because of the fresh beef, it's a little – greasier than a regular quarter pounder with cheese and therefore everything's sliding all over the place and lettuce is all over me you and you can't drive when it's you're hard to it. eat you can't i don't drive i sit oh okay eat, well and, but i'm in my car but it's just to me is sloppy the experience is sloppy is. same reason i'm not a big pho fan because or ramen fan because it's all over my shirt and um that's part of the eating experience for me i hear you
3: I mean, cheeseburgers solve that problem. You can eat those while driving 100 miles an hour around curvy roads because they do not drip and they they are not greasy enough to, to cause trouble.
0: Right. My favorite now for the last year... And of course, the app, you can get it even cheaper. Yes. Is, um, is a filet of fish. I, I don't like know. Too. I used to like them years ago, but I love To me, it's feels a little healthier, and uh, it's obviously not that healthy. It's very
3: good, and you can modify it in interesting ways too on the app. Um, I believe that putting, I think it was lettuce, somebody told me a hack, and it was, I think he was adding ketchup, lettuce, and tomato, or mm. the tomato onions, was actually made it really good. Um, I haven't tried that in years, but there are a number of other ways to modify. The app makes it much easier to modify the stuff.
0: You can double the fish on the app, too. Ooh,
3: I never tried. That seems like you, too much fish.
0: That's what I thought, too. That's why I haven't done it. But I find I find that interesting. Um, but, you know, it's interesting. For years, no one really cares, but I was just a, a cheeseburger, ketchup, and maybe on uh, grilled onions on my cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. I have gotten... Better at appreciating lettuce, tomatoes, sauces, that sort of thing. Um, but you know, I was always about the big, thick, ra- medium rare to rare patty. Well, that's a, a different bun. type
3: of thing. Those often
0: right, you that's don't need that burger. stuff. A
3: pub burger, you you're expecting to taste the meat, and you want that nice steaky flavor. And sometimes you don't want anything on it. Maybe a little mustard or onion on those big, thick burgers that are like that are made from you know ground up New York strip or whatever.
0: Right, so how how are you with smash burgers? We keep getting off topic here, but it's fun. I'm t- I'm kind
3: of getting tired of smash burgers. Um, I don't like ones that are ex- excessively crispy around the edges, and in fact, I pref- I have turned the corner on them about two years ago, where I'm like I prefer one that is just a regular, that is not smashed. Um, and there's some places that have been doing that. Uh, around here that I have really enjoyed. I think the champs actually does that. Um, But there's also a a recipe I found that Kenji Lopez Alt did for the New York Times, which is basically an approximation of the Burger King patty that you can, a much better version of it. That is now my go-to hamburger when I'm making hamburgers
0: very nice all right so listen while we're on this stuff that isn't Portland let's do let's stay here and we'll come back okay. to the steamies right a little bit of a tease and uh, after we do some of the national stuff we'll break for a commercial message from ringside love to hear your oh I love that place I, I, I'm there you go. I just wanted to hear that before I give your take on Ringside before we go to commercial <laughs> break. But you've got a lot of categories here, and my favorite, which I know you decided to pull out and make a kind of an honorary award, was the fast food spaghetti. Yeah,
3: um, that one is up. <laughs> that one is up on, on my Instagram. In fact, depending on when this airs, they may all be up on my Instagram. But that was a that was a revelation to me that Jolly spaghetti.
0: So. I look. I watched your Instagram on that. It didn't look appealing to me. So it tasted that good.
3: Well, keeping in mind that I like the flavor of like a Chef Boyardee spaghetti. I'm not like you're not. You You can't go into it. it, You can't go into it thinking I'm going to get fancy Italian restaurant spaghetti. You're going to get a Filipino spaghetti, which is a different thing and has its own story. That it came. I mean, it came out of World War II when they didn't have those ingredients. Um, and it's a very interesting. Not, it's not regular spaghetti and it's to, you know, it's spaghetti noodles topped with this unique, very unique sauce made with banana ketchup and sliced up hot dogs and then with cheddar cheese generally. And I mean, I love that flavor, man. I, I really like the sweet spaghetti, so um, I really that was my favorite. Every other spaghetti, every other fast food spaghetti, as you probably saw in the video, is barely deserving of a mention,
0: right? Yeah, no, it's not something I would think. Is even a category, yeah. But I guess it would be if you have food carts, you'd have that as a category. So I'm looking at some of these categories here that I can speak to a little bit, but not with very, uh, not with very broad knowledge. Like fried chicken, I love my Popeyes. I think that's great, and I don't need to go any further. And I think when a lot of Portland restaurants tried to do awesome fried chicken, it's still I, – I, for the cost of Popeye's, I didn't see the point of anything else. What do you think?
3: Well, I agree, Popeye's. There's no question that Popeye's is the best fast food fried chicken, and it's not even close. Um, however, there's restaurants that have outdone Popeye's, not all of them. I would say the one – the best fried chicken I ever ate in my life was at imperial downtown that paley vitaly paley restaurant that was in that hotel
0: right it was dougie adams yes
3: and he cooked that and in fact because i just met him i mean i met him last year to do this video about his elk frito pie at, and he that's his recipe and he's apparently using that or a very similar recipe at grand Fur when they do the mm-hmm. fried chicken so i have to get over there and try that but that fried chicken was transcendent man that was not like i mean popeyes is terrific but that was amazing
0: Right, and I'll give you a little side story that you might find amusing, so Vitali Paley, you know who ran who owned Imperial mm-hmm. um and really uh was one of the chefs in Portland, the Dentons were were key with Dougie putting you know teaching him what he knew and Vitali but Vitali came to me once and said, You know, I spent all these years learning French cooking, winning James Beard Awards, and the thing that's getting me all the fucking attention is Dougie's fried chicken at my restaurant after all of that.
3: <sighs> I'm so sorry that they don't have it anymore because it also, I mean, if you had it, it came with those little bottles. There's like a little bottle of honey, I think, and a little bottle right. of hot sauce and it with a that really that even again improved it even further.
0: Well, yeah, but you can get it. It's not Imperial's no longer there, but um, you can, as you said, you can still find it at, at Grand Fur. But I still, honestly, for the cost, uh, I'd prefer a little Popeyes, yeah. and, their, and, and we're getting a new Popeyes
3: chickens. in Portland, as you may have heard.
0: I heard Southeast. Yeah,
3: that abandoned Burger King on Grand that's been empty for like ten years is going to turn turned into a Popeyes, and those of us who live fairly near to that are excited.
0: Yeah, well, there's also two more, uh, two miles up the street. That's not two so miles away.
3: That's a long drive to 82nd and Foster, or to up the. Okay, oh,
0: okay, we'll try. It. Let's do a little Google Maps from where I am.
3: Yes, well, for you, so, well, you're uh, in, say, sorry. <laughs> you're going to have to stick with fried fish from the from um <laughs> the coast.
0: Well and I still drive two hours for that. I can give you a couple of hints on that too. But um but at any rate, we we loved Popeye's and the fried chicken sandwich was worthy of all the attention that it got there too. Yeah. I thought. Absolutely. Um so that's that's a little when I'm around Portland I'll pick it up and bring it out to the coast. So all right. So um so when you your fried chicken I didn't see this. That award was eliminated.
3: Many of the things on that poster, and and the fact that I wanted to to keep it to ten awards were eliminated. So not, uh, it's not necessarily what's on that poster. The poster was created a month before I finished the
0: awards. Oh, I just printed out the poster as my (laughs) uh, to go from here. So uh, you can tell me as we go. So, but you uh, you had to have one that you in the country. Like have you been to? You've been to Zaxby's.
3: Yes. I thought Zaxby's was pretty good. I didn't. Right. I didn't love it. Um, uh, same with Raising Canes. Raising Canes very good for what it is. But uh, and Zaxby's is a little better because there's more choice. I think. But I mm-hmm. would, neither of them, I wouldn't drive out of. I wouldn't go out of my way to get either of them.
0: All right. Well, that was. I don't call it out of my way, but when I used to drive from Connecticut down to my parents in Savannah, that was always a. That was a stop with kids in the backseat. Oh, it'd be great, great for kids. Party. Right. It was good. So did you still do your popcorn? No. Your popcorn category. No.
3: In fact, I should tell you what the categories actually were, because that that poster- Right. So I don't keep asking. Okay. So we have um, pickle of the year, international candy of the year, dip or spread of the year, condiment of the year, domestic tortilla chip, international potato chip, international non-potato chip, regional chain burger- New fast food item of the year and disappointment of the year are the ten that are actually going to be fil- are filmed.
0: All right, so let's go to regional fast food burger.
3: This was um, an interesting category, and the winner for me was from New Mexico, Blake's Lotta Burger. Have you ever been there?
0: No. It's a par- it's I've one of those chains that's
3: ultra regional, but there's tons of them in New Mexico and there's a couple that drift over the border I think into Arizona and maybe Texas like San Antonio or whatever, but they make a green ch- you know cuz New Mexico's famous for its ch- hats, chilies, its green chilies. They make a green mm-hmm. chili cheeseburger that just blew my mind. So that one is also that and above um uh, just coming in a near close second would be Fat Burger. Um I'm sure you've had that before, Fat Burger. Um I rediscovered it in L.A., I hadn't had it in a while, but every time I get and it gets holds up great to delivery, unlike most burgers. Um, so mm-hmm. that one, and the third one would be Portillo's. I finally got to go to Portillo's in Chicago, and I had the um, I had their bur- they had their famous Chicago dog and their beef and all that stuff. But I was surprisingly uh, delighted by their burger. They have a char broiled burger that I really like. Uh, I crave it, you know. So those are the three.
0: Did you ever go to Whataburger?
3: That's a whole different podcast. I, I people <laughs> well, in Texas love freaking Whataburger I was so, I went to three or four different ones
0: oh well, you kept trying, yes because Good I wanted either. to make
3: sure when I did this video, this is a kind of video that, I did a whole video about it for the Steamed Ham Society, I did not release mm-hmm. it to the public because I knew it would be too incendiary <laughs> because people would come after me, but they love their Whataburger in Texas and it's just like the breakfast was delicious they have great breakfast stuff with that honey butter chicken biscuit and um and those taquitos, but the burgers suck. All
0: right. One of my favorite scenes in a movie, it's kind of crossover here with your interest in, in your profession, was in uh, Lost in America mm-hmm. when they end up in Arizona and, and, and she gets the job at, as the assistant manager.
3: Is that Whataburger? Whataburger. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't that realize I hadn't seen it in a long time.
0: Yeah, no, go watch that movie. It's one of the best. I mean, I don't know if you remember. But I remember the
3: movie was, very well, but I didn't know it was Whataburger.
0: Yeah, it was I believe it was. Yeah, I believe it was Whataburger and I yeah, you know, I just love that scene. So okay, let's go on. Did you and you didn't say uh, cookies, right? That the was cookies got one, cut one that made Okay, I was gonna ask you about Tates. That's I love Tate's. Kind of well
3: thing. I I haven't I never gave them an award, but I, I generally for the cookies, it has been kind of a regional thing, like the Balt Otterbines cookies from Baltimore, um, things like that. So I haven't like Tate's has not but I do love their their cookies.
0: Okay, what's have you? Oh, never mind. I'm not. I'm not remembering the name of the place, so I want to ask. All right, go into some of your other notables here. Um, the uh, candy, regional candy.
3: Uh, that would be international candy. I don't know how much people are going to care about these because you can't. These are all hard to get mm-hmm. items. So those are the categories that are a little more obscure. But there was um, the they got a lot more. Okay, I'll say there's a lot. More interesting candy, candies elsewhere than there are here. Uh, the runners up were they. They have a, a Kit Kat that was flavored like a drumstick. A drumstick, you know those ice cream things.
0: They got Kit Kat everything.
3: They well, we didn't get any of those here, but in Canada they had a an I a, a flavored Kit Kat. I sorry, a drumstick flavored Kit Kat, delicious. They also had. They have a lot of interesting Reese's Pieces spin-offs. They had these Reese's Pieces that were kind of like in balls with crushed up cookies that was also delicious in Canada. And in Australia, they had the best candy I had all year and that was the winner of this award, which is a Kit Dark chocolate Kit, kit Kat made with Tasmanian mint. Um and I didn't mm. even know there was such a thing as Tasmanian mint, but if you can anybody listening to this, you can find those, you can order them from Australian, you know, things online. That one you got to try. The Kit Kat dark with Austra- with Tasmanian mint.
0: One of my favorite destinations in my life was Tasmania.
3: oh wow, I would love to go there so,
0: oh, yeah, I can give you we took we a bunch of us chartered a plane and went off to an island and had a picnic with uh kangaroos, wild kangaroos jumping about us so, wow, that was pretty cool yeah that was that was nice. All right, some other notables uh nationally that people might have an opportunity to try
3: okay, yes, absolutely well um. This is coming out after the awards, right? This podcast.
0: No, this is gonna. This is coming out Friday the twenty. Oh well, that's when right? the last
3: award is posted. So, fine. exactly. Okay, I would like to talk about a couple things that are, that that would apply to everybody. <laughs> um, there is a. I'll go just up two more categories: the disappointment of the year, which is always one mm-hmm. of the most popular categories. Um, that uh, there is a lot of bad stuff out there. The two bad, the 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 runners up, second runner up pink sauce. You may have heard about pink sauce which um, became a huge thing. It was mainly uh, TikTok driven Um, and it became a huge thing, and now you can buy pink sauce in stores everywhere, at every grocery store. And it is just a sauce that is pink, and it's kind of tastes like ranch dressing a little bit, but it is gross. Um, and I do not.
0: You mean it's not like a vodka s- tomato no, sauce? No, 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 like no, no. A no, no, creamy no. tomato it's, sauce? It's, it's,
3: the it's closest analog would be kind of a weirdly flavored ra- ranch dressing that has gone very bad in some way. So don't buy pink sauce. Um, above that, where this Doritos had a rare miss with their spicy pineapple jalapeno Doritos, which you can still find in some places, which tasted like uh, chemicals. It tasted, un- I think personally, I would love a pineapple jalapeno flavored item, but this tasted so strongly of chemicals that it was nauseating. Lastly, White Castle. Now, I have, you know, White Castle makes those microwave sliders and I've loved them since they came out in the mm-hmm. 80s, um, And uh, but- This year they launched these things called Castle Bites, which are basically like Totino's pizza rolls but with burger inside. They're Mm. repulsive. Um, When you eat them, and well, first of all, they smell. They smell and presumably taste like cat food. If you think, as soon as this thing starts wafting (laughs) towards you, you're like, "Oh my god, that smells just like cat food!" And then you taste it, and it also tastes like that. It is a shocking shocking i mean i some people like them but i can't i've never met anybody who didn't think they tasted like cat food and was appalled by them so that's one okay now we'll go to the positive side of the spectrum new fast food item of the year and this is an interesting one um there's a couple of there weren't honestly that many interesting new items this year there were a lot of kind of spins on the same old crap um and so these awards are a little you know it's not going to be like there's no popeye's chicken sandwich for this year um the second runner up was from Arby's was the King's Hawaiian sweet heat beef and brisket sandwich, which basically, you know, use the King's Hawaiian roll, which they do a lot at Arby's these days with uh, a beef and brisket topping in a sweet heat barbecue sauce. Delicious. Okay. That one first runner up Wendy's had an interesting, they're doing always doing these kind of complicated burgers every two or three months. They had a really good one with the loaded nacho cheeseburger, which had like a nacho sauce on it with like. Uh, crushed up tortilla pieces that was delicious and then lastly it's not even an actual sandwich the winner of the steamy award for fast food item of the year was the new sauce mcdonald's introduced for their chicken nuggets called mambo sauce did you get to try that
0: no. And, uh, you know, I actually went in a couple of days ago asking for the Blazers free nuggets because I would not normally just buy nuggets. But I'll take the free ones and give half them to my dog. Um, but no, I hadn't tried that. that is was, still, I don't, still I, I don't that? think
3: they still have it, but hopefully it will come back. It's the best chicken nugget sauce ever. And I say that with All no right. reservation. Um, it's a sauce. This is the mambo sauce. If you don't know what it is, is a sauce that was created in D.C., years ago which you often get with um, Chinese food or with uh, uh, chicken wings and stuff that's kind of like a sweet like a Chinese restaurant sweet and sour sauce but also Mm -hmm. combined with a barbecue sauce and it goes perfectly with chicken McNuggets it's the best sauce all their sauces are kind of okay but this sauce I hope that it comes back and it is added to the permanent menu because it was so good, and that's why I awarded it. All over every other sandwich or whatever burrito, new burrito, this the steamy award.
0: Well, I still want to. I, I'm going to try that. We don't have many Arby's around here, but I kind of like Arby's. Is if if I'm on the road and there's an Arby's and I'm hungry, I just like the the beef and cheddar the regular to t- cheddar. You can't beat that cheddar.
3: beef and cheddar. It's pretty fake and it looks bad. Always looks bad in photos, but right. I really like it.
0: It's tasty. Yeah. So I'll try your Arby's thing yeah. next time. So um, that's good to hear, things that we can actually try that aren't so regional. So listen, as I said, we're going to pause for a break from our friends at Ringside Steakhouse, hear a message from them, and then come back with Bill Oakley of the Steamed Ham Society, also former writer of... Portlandia, The Simpsons, and you did more than just write; you were the showrunner yes. as well. Mm-hmm. So, very cool. If anybody wants to access some of more deeper information on that, it, you'll go to episode number thir- three thirteen with Bill on this podcast. But right now, let's go uh, to a message from Ringside and come back uh in a second
1: we are pausing just a moment right here chris to talk about one of our favorite places to eat in portland an institution ringside steakhouse where right now their christmas meal kit is on sale a christmas prime rib dinner for six $275. The prime rib is trimmed, tied, and ready for the oven. It also comes with uh, their signature seasoning. Uh, They have all the instructions on how you do this. So here's what you're going to get. A half prime rib roast, mashed potatoes, roasted Brussels sprouts, ringside table bread, and then for dessert, caramel apple pie. Again, that's available for order right now through ringside at ringsidesteakhouse.com.
0: One of the best gifts you can get anybody would be the gift of Ringside Steakhouse in the form of a gift card. Right now, they have a special offer. You get a $50 bonus dining card when you purchase $300 in gift cards or even better. Get a $100 bonus dining card when you purchase $500 in gift cards. So you can get a Ringside gift card in any amount up to a few thousand if you're really feeling generous. Uh, those, those bonus gift cards are available for use in early 2024, January, February. But the gift cards you're getting as gifts are good anytime.
1: And of course, Chris,
0: people can just do
1: the old school thing, which is just go and eat at Ringside Steakhouse. You can book those reservations at ringsidesteakhouse.com or book through the open table app.
0: All right, well, we're back with Bill Oakley, who who alluded to the fact that he enjoys ringside. What are some of your favorite things at ringside?
3: Well, the onion rings are famous. I haven't been to ringside in a while, but I seem to recall the onion rings being amazing. Um, And I mean, I, I don't have a specific thing that I love there. I seem to just recall having a real old classic old school steakhouse experience with like a shrimp cocktail and a big ribeye steak and onion rings. Um, And that's like, this is the place to go in town for that.
0: And service, you know, you talked about liking to stand at or sit at food carts. No, I mean, yes, that's all well and good, but the service, there's no service in Portland, I believe like at ringside. Now, some restaurants have great service, but consistently for 77 years. So um, that's there. All right. Let's get to now that we're in Portland. Let's get to some of your steamy awards in Portland that were what is uh, on this list. uh, And I encourage people, by the way, they can go to your Instagram, that Bill Oakley and see right it's in your former stories or just on your feed right you can go back and look at i archived the
3: i've archived the uh, portland Steamies on that thing you know you have the highlights on instagram they have those circles with the highlights the portland right. Steamies, both for this year and last year are on my highlights so you can see the right. items and also see photos of each item too
0: perfect so there you go but someone so wh- what was your what was your biggest surprise um on this list
3: huh well See, some of them weren't surprises because I already knew they were going to be great. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I would say the thing that I most expected to think was a freak show, but I loved, was the salty grapefruit pie from Loretta Jeans. You know, everybody knows Loretta Jeans is the pie, famous for their pies and stuff. But they made this mm-hmm. pie, which is, I guess, it was somebody's grandmother's recipe or, or whatever. But it's it's sort of, t- I mean, grapefruit is not something you usually think of in a pie. Um, but this pie was like a lemon meringue pie kind of thing with a grapefruity flavor which just blew me away
0: and th- that's not going to be available no, that's a summertime all thing. Year, that's not that's a year time. Yeah. thing. yeah but the cool thing is on this list if you just look at the places on the list and go to the places even if they don't have that specific item you're pretty much guaranteed to get something that's delicious and maybe unusual, right? So yes. Loretta Jeans, right? You can't go wrong at L- Loretta Jeans. For sure. Jeans.
3: And I'd say two-thirds of the things on this list are permanent menu items at these places. There's some that are, are that are specials. For instance, the gelato, you know, the, at, at Pinolo Gelato. Um, but most of these things you can find on the menu uh, consistently.
0: But that's the other thing is Pinolo Gelato is you go in there and anything you have is going to be delicious. That's what happened with this thing.
3: This thing, I, when I go to Pinolo Gelato, unlike every other place that I go to, I'm like, I want the weirdest thing you you got. Right. (laughs) And I would never order, never, never, never consider ordering something that had fig compote and ricotta together. But I did because I trusted them and it was spectacular.
0: Well, that sounds good to me. I'd be all over that. It's... You know, some of the things at salt and straw, same thing. I'd like to, I want to at least taste some of those things, but Panolo, man, everything's good, but the, it's the seasonal stuff that like N- Nick Zukin brings them a uh, product to put into their gelato a lot. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, uh, you've mentioned the two places, um, that I'm aware of, or both on division, by the way. Yeah. Correct? See,
3: that's where <laughs> I, I, I can <laughs> walk to those places and have to worry about parking at all.
0: Right, so um, the you know what else looks good to me is the pork Milanese. At that Grangamari. place is. A,
3: have you been to that place?
0: No, I've heard about it.
3: Yeah, it's a, it, it. I went to a preview night thing where we got to try everything, and it was um, it was staggeringly good. I know it comes from the people behind Olympia Provisions, and this pork was is raised. Like in a really, really careful way, like humanely, and it's free range and stuff. And it really, um, it's, I was, ch- everything is there. Everything at that place is terrific, but this was like, it's mind blowing. The pork meal and they just
0: opened the, the, um,
3: Alpen the Roush, Alpen. the Alpen She yeah, Yes, Alpen just opened Roush. too with that, with a very interesting menu, a very daring menu of Alpine foods that I never heard of.
0: Yeah, no, I've been wanting to go there. Anything they do also. Forget about just at a restaurant or at at retail, but anything they do. Any restaurant they open is going to be good. So um, that is – I'm going through this list. Corn dogs and hot dogs. Man, it's so nice to see people talking about that. There's more
3: hot dogs than ever on this list. And that's, I think, the thing that binds it together. This was the – if I had to pronounce it –
0: no pun intended. <laughs> this, if I had
3: to pronounce this uh, and some generalize about this list, they say this is the year of the hot dog pop-up because three of these things were hot dog pop-ups. And I guess, you know, there's probably not a lot of money to be made in having a hot dog restaurant because there's they're, they're failed. A couple of them have failed in, in the past 10 years here. But as oh, a sure. pop-up with an interesting set of – oh, I guess, you know, wait, I stand corrected. That's that one on Hawthorne that, um, that I, has been around for years. That I keep forgetting. It's on like Hawthorne and Forty Fifth.
0: Oh, way out there on the on the north side yeah, of the road, yeah. right near um, a pizza yeah. shoals.
3: And I, exactly. I can't I, I can't remember what it's name. called either, even though I've been there so many times. Anyway, so this year I, there were a number of interesting hot dog pop ups. Um, Third Coast, the one. Um, that, uh, the you know, Carolina Slaw Dog from Roman Sam's Hot Dog Pop-Off and Felton and & Mary's. Everybody knows Felton & Mary's here because they make that incredible barbecue sauce. But they also have their hot links that they sell. And they were doing it um, a, kind of like a Mexican-style version of the hot link at one of those pop-ups. And that also was, was fantastic.
0: Has Otto's hot dog out? On, I love Otto's. Uh, ever made it onto your yes. list?
3: Yes, in fact, I think it's been on there. It was on one of the earlier entries on the list. I love Otto's hot dogs. It's great to go. There. I don't even know if they do it in the winter. Maybe do they still do it in the winter? But like in the summer, they have those grills out there in front of the place, and you can get the. That's what I, you know, that's this go-to hot dog in Portland for me.
0: And their and their deli meat is great too. Yeah, I think that well. place is great. Yeah. All right. Well, good. So have they made your list in the past? I'm that's
3: 99% certain they were on the list last year.
0: All right. Okay. Let's find the most unusual thing on this. Zach's list Shack. The Zach's P- Shack
3: is the name of the hot dog place on Hawthorne. That's also a very good place. Zach's.
0: See, it always comes. Yes. <laughs> eventually. At least it, at least it came while we were still recording. Um, so what's the uh, most unusual thing f- so that the most adventuresome People listening to this podcast could go try.
3: Well, the cheeseburger vegan pizza that you already mentioned. Um, right. Then there's uh, the well, the salted Omas. I'm sure you've been to Omas. The salted I love Oma's. egg yolk, the salted egg yolk curry fries um, were the thing that made the list. Omas made the list last year, I think, too, for their burger, which is also spectacular. Um, but this year, the salted egg yolk curry fries. Again, doesn't sound to me like something that I would love, but I did love it.
0: So, have you been to Gato Gato?
3: I've never been you there. You
0: ventured that far? So it's too far for you. Yeah. It's over the highway. That's right.
3: You have to cross the 84. <laughs> I don't want to do that.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, then there's that. and then But you can go to Houston, the Houston Blacklight, their bar. Yes.
3: I'm excited to try that. I have not been there, and it's that's also a fairly decent walk from, from my area. So, um, I would love to try that. And I'm sure it's, <laughs> I, I've heard great things about it. It sounds really cool, too
0: yeah it's it's very cool. We had the we were looking the drinks seemed i went the other night slightly on the sweet side, but we got down to a dirty martini on the last item on the drink list and it was great so um really tasty so all right bill let me see looking at this li- oh um the chopped pork sandwich where's pete's meats
3: it is in. What's the name of that place? It's not. It's not Milwaukee. It's the one that's right next to Milwaukee.
0: Gladstone.
3: No, the uh, Oregon City. It's, it's Oregon at that. City, yeah. It's at that. Um, a cart pod in Oregon City. That's it's connected to like a a, a brewery, a microbrewery, and they got like mm-hmm. eight carts there. This place is like now that um, now that Bark City Barbecue left town, you know that was a that I, I was sad to see them go at the end of 2022, but this is my favorite barbecue now is is Pete's Meats.
0: All right, and so it's a cart, mm-hmm. and there's a lot out in Oregon City. I saw you. you the know, canard, you a big,
3: they got a canard there gonna, now. I was about
0: to say you got a big hard for, hard on for canard. <laughs> yes, and
3: um, you know what they have and, there that you wouldn't that I and I hope they still have it is Salisbury steak. I think I gave that a steamy award last year. Do have you had that?
0: I've had it. Yes, it's
3: amazing. It's like such yeah, a weird I've, dish, well, you know. That he pr- anything that back. you
0: have at Canard. So that if anybody's in town for one day and just can't tell me what they want, I'll just tell. Go them. to Canard. You you can get in. You don't have to make a reservation, and the food is fun, and it's all delicious, and the experience is good, and the drinks are great. You can't. It's hard to beat two locations of Canard, and a lot's happening out in. Uh, Oregon City. Where did I go recently? A restaurant, uh, Italian restaurant, Nebbiolo. Mm. Uh, never heard of it before. Some friends invited me, and man, that was packed, and it was great. So Oregon City's happening now.
3: Yeah, I've heard that too, and it looks it. it, it everything I've had down there has been great.
0: So I wanted to ask one thing of someone I think would have. Uh, you know, everything, food is, uh, subjective, right? So when someone lists the best of this or the best of that, that's, what's the best to them. But when, when you see lists and things are on it consistently, you know that it's there. Same thing with entertainment. So, you know, there are lots of movies people love that aren't of interest to me and TV shows as well. I'm curious as a writer, what TV you're watching now, because I'm going to pay attention to your list and, uh, check that out and i'm sorry if i hit you with this question without prepping you i can't think of anything that, that i watch now it. it's
3: so weird i watch <laughs> but I, but I, you know i loved better call saul and that's over now right but that was the, that yeah. was my favorite show and now that that's vanished i can't even think of any scripted tv that i watch anymore you know um I watched John Oliver uh, and that kind of thing, you know, uh, or last week tonight with John Oliver. Does his
0: energy level start to annoy you after a while? It's I okay, once, it, a it's okay once, once a week.
3: It's okay once a week. Every once in
0: a while. I, but, like, I feel like I've had too much coffee when I listen to him. They do a so, lot of cheap
3: uh, jokes about fast food on that show. That's my only complaint about it. Um, <laughs> it's always their go-to thing is to make fun of it. Just like John Stewart used to do it with Arby's. Um, but that's like – I like that show. I don't watch <laughs> almost any scripted TV now because – I'm a victim of there's just too much to choose from. I don't want to go through mm-hmm. every movie that was ever made on Netflix, every TV show. So, I, a lot of times, I will just watch old shows that are that are on the TiVo. Because like, I – you know that channel MeTV that plays old mm-hmm. TV shows? I record old episodes of Dragnet and old episodes of Green Acres. And I watch oh, those. Oh, man. <laughs> and I watch those. I love
0: that. I was just watching Hullabaloo the other night. And I've been watching American Bandstand. Is that on MeTV? I would th- no, I it's s- on YouTube. Oh, you yeah. I never, never saw You can find it all Hullabaloo. on YouTube. Hullabaloo is awesome, but the old American bandstands, you know, like the difference between the one sh- shot in 62 and then 72 yeah. are amazing how, how much the world changed in that period of time. And then, you know, I like watching uh, like the late 70s because is that true? No, 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 no. The, yeah, the late 70s, mid 70s those folks dancing on that show and the music that they're listening to is what yeah. they were my age yeah. so I'm re- returning to that but no I really love that stuff and I love the old oh the old dragnets are awesome Um, it's it's fun to watch those the yeah, that's kind of what I watch. But I'll tell you, I was at a loss the other day, and a friend of mine on Facebook mentioned that he'd watched The Queen's Gambit for the third time. So I, I did popped see that. that in. I like that. Oh man, that's that's worth it a second time. That's really well done. But no, I'm I'm I think all of us. I get the New York Times uh, watching uh, email that tells you what to watch. I read that, and then unless I'm sitting there with my remote. I forget about all that stuff and I don't know what to watch nowadays. The television
3: industry did this to itself and it didn't have to be this way. But, you know, it's just too much. It's like going to an, it's going to Baskin Robbins and instead of 31 flavors, they have 150,000 flavors (laughs) and you have to sit, it's like, that's no fun. You know, it, it it was much easier, maybe not more entertaining, but much easier to turn on the TV and there's five or six channels and you, and then that's it, (laughs) you know? And so now I'm like, I have choice. There's, there's the problem with the choice too much and so i'm just like okay well, just put on whatever and i just I'll play green acres or whatever and and otherwise okay. what look I mean, at youtube you know
0: yeah no youtube i got i get tired of that too and then I, then the politics gets mixed yeah, in, yeah. and that that depresses me so um but no we are same thing with spotify I, sometimes i find a friend who's got tastes in music that i like but you know some friends don't uh, have that and the same th- same thing with television man i hear see people saying you got to watch this show and i try it and i'm thinking what wh- uh, you thought this was good <laughs> so everybody's got different yeah, tastes. I hear you. so so my so uh i'll ask you this i'll tell you my two favorite tv shows of all time and i'm sorry i wasn't a big simpsons watcher i watched it <laughs> it's a little, okay but but um is Larry Sanders show, which you can access yeah. on max, which is great. They didn't have it there on demand for years. Larry Sanders, I can watch that. I've watched each episode maybe 50 times and I can still laugh.
3: Yes. Yeah, and good. then
0: Kerber enthusiasm, I can, I just get a big kick out of. Yeah. So what are your favorite shows of all time other than the ones that you worked on?
3: Green Acres. I mean, Green Acres was like everyone thinks it's silly, but like it was, it invented a lot of this stuff. You know, at the 10, we did a poll in the Simpsons writers room one time, and 10 of the 12 writers, that was their favorite show as a kid. Um, and it occasionally hits these heights, dizzying heights that are just like there's some episodes of Green Acres that could be Simpsons episodes that are that, you know, well crafted and stuff. So I watched that.
0: I got to go back and see what you're talking it, about.
3: It's not, it's, it's inconsistent. I, I
0: watched it, but you know, some of the episodes
3: are magnificent. Other ones are stupid, but they're, but they're, it. in general, I like that very much. Um, Simpsons. Obviously I enjoy very much. I liked King of the Hill when that was on. Um, I liked better call Saul. I liked Like everybody. I liked better call Saul and breaking bad an immense amount. And I watched those. I like mad men a lot. Um, but like, after, you know, comedy, I don't like watching comedy TV that much because it's seems a work to me, you know, and I prefer to watch if I'm watching comedy TV, I don't want it to be 30 Rock. I don't want it to be rest of the development where I'm like, oh my God, it's the apex of the comedy writer's art. I just want it to be like, haha, look at that goofy thing, you know, like Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I just want to relax and, and chill out and not being like, oh my God, that, deft, what the, <laughs> that was a deftly written scene. Oh my goodness. Like that, uh, I know other, because I've been in that business and I don't, it's it like work to watch those shows.
0: Oh that's interesting. You would think that you would yeah and and it's uh it's the same thing, you know, I guess I was in advertising for years and I see ads and I just think yeah, they're they're different than they used to be. Oh my god, you talk about fun. Go back and watch the commercials from the 60s and 70s? Yes,
3: I love those.
0: Those are, Oh, my God, that was a whole different thing. And they were breaking new ground then. And But nowadays, you know, my mother used to say to me all the time, I'm not in anybody's demo anymore. Nothing, <laughs> they're not trying to connect with me. And I'm starting to feel that now. I'm just trying to find. I don't watch as much advertising as much as I used to because you don't have to. You can speed search right through it. But, um, but I find it, uh, I, I just like, I can't find that it's funny. It, it doesn't make me laugh and you got to watch it over and over again so if something's not funny and they drum it they just keep harping on it it's rough but uh,
3: yes i do never want to see another liberty mutual ad ever oh, oh my god with the limu a, emu i fucking hate it so much i've
0: I, I got a friend that's his favorite thing when we when i was criticizing some ad on something and it wasn't that it might have been another insurance company i don't know but he came through and said they're the best. This is also, I hope he's not listening. This is also a friend who's had five Fiats driving Fiats. So interesting uh, set into- of
3: choices that person has made.
0: Right, and he's got a really dry, great sense of humor. I but I never get the limu imu thing at all. Not for the repetitiveness of it, but it's just I don't think it's fun for me. It's at the
3: repetitiveness all. of it. I think it was amusing the first couple times, but they advertise so frequently, I can't avoid seeing it, especially on football games. And I watch football games; the ads are there all the time, and I see it six times a day. And it's I hate it. I, I didn't I didn't hate it before, but now I hate it because of the frequency. Yeah.
0: I agree. And if you don't find it funny in the first place, I actually, when he first told me, I said, I've seen it a million times. I can't even describe what it's about because I just turn it off. It's just such a turn off. I can't even follow it to find out what's funny about the emu. I just don't get it. Now, Geico actually does funny ads. Yeah,
3: those are pretty good.
0: Well, not even all the gecko, but they have some really well-written humorous ads and they, they have enough of a variety of them that they don't kill you with them. So that's my, that's just my opinion on my industry. Mm -hmm. So, uh, interesting to hear that about yours. All right. So last question. We're going into 2024. Is there anything in particular that you haven't tried that you're, that you're really looking forward to? Trying in 2024 or, or what do you think 2024 might be the year of not hot dogs, but what would it, I can't, I don't think
3: I have a good answer for that. I think that I I can't predict that, but I can say that what I'm looking forward to trying one is Jerry's when Jerry opens his pizza place in, in Northwest that I, I mentioned to him earlier with the tavern style pizza. And you'll go
0: over there. Yeah, you'll make I, the trip. I will
3: because I know there will be parking because it's in that northwest industrial area where there is lots of parking. Um, mm-hmm. And there, and, and also they're going to be opening a Jolly Bee as you know Jolly Bee spaghetti. They're opening a Jolly Bee in uh, I guess it's Beaverton or Cedar Hills next year. So that's exciting. That's where they have that spaghetti, and obviously there are other Filipino dishes, the fried chicken and stuff, all very good.
0: Good. All right. Well, listen. I'm hopeful, and I'm not one who likes to throw things out there and not follow up on them. I'm hopeful we can break some bread or break something. <laughs> oh, um, that would be great along the way. And I'll find a place in southeast um, to. I'd like to go to Alpen House, but maybe there's something I'd else like to you go, have go there too. Writing. I also have to
3: go to Akadi. That's one place I want to try that everybody says is amazing. Is that African restaurant uh, Akadi? You know, yes
0: there's so many i haven't tried i feel guilty but this podcast keeps me in touch and then you know my trips uh one of the fun things you had mentioned it before about the steamed hams society that people exchange lots of ideas well we take portlanders who want to go to europe with a chef and all those people are into the portland food scene so a lot of over dinner in europe in in italy a lot of that information and su- those suggestions are exchanged, and then people come back and go to dinner with each other. It's
3: you should kind of take fun. me along as long as I don't have to pay. <laughs> be
0: well, happy. Be happy. that's no. that second. I was all excited for a second bear, and then you said that. <laughs> okay. So um, that's my standard I'd operating procedure you, these days. <laughs> you, well, listen, if I was a bigger company with backing, I could find a reason to do that. That's okay. But I. Yeah. No, but it's fun. So uh, they're fun trips. I've been trying to get Court to go. That'd be fun if all of us could go. Um, but, uh, but we're selling out now, too. So it's a little hard to mm. do free spots along the way. But, um, you know, maybe if you're in Europe, you can join okay. us. Okay. How's that? That's great. All right. Do you, do you travel to Europe very no. often?
3: <laughs> yeah. No, I do not.
0: Yeah, especially with kids, it's right. harder. How and how old are the kids now?
3: They're pretty old now. The youngest, the oldest, the youngest one is seventeen. So they're you know they're seventeen, eighteen, and twenty five. And, 25.
0: and uh, you've got some expenses going on there. Don't I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about I'm it. Sorry. <laughs> well, no, but I mean that would preclude you prevent you from you know just jumping on a plane and going to Europe to eat. Right. Right. So um, that's what I meant in that context. So. um all right, Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I'm it's a big pleasure. You-
3: <laughs> thank you for letting me go into a, a, an extremely deep dive on some of these topics.
0: Well, and I'm so, you know, we're, we're all over the lot here sometimes because we're not scripted either. So, um, but I really appreciate the opportunity and, uh, I've really enjoyed following you on Instagram. And again, I hope to, uh, I hope to try something with you somewhere soon, and I'll write you about that in early 2024. Fantastic.
3: It's been a pleasure.
0: Uh, All right. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Oh, one quick question. One quick thing. Where do we find you? It's at Bill Oakley, correct? That Bill Oakley. That Bill Oakley. Right, right. That Bill At that Bill Oakley.
3: And steamedhamsociety.com hams with steamed an S.
0: Hams, ha- steamed hams with an S. All right, we'll cover that up front, too. We, we're not making people wait to the end to know where to go. Okay. But, uh, but just to reiterate it. Thanks, Bill. Have a uh, great holiday. Thank you very much. And you we too. appreciate the opportunity for, for uh, to help us wrap up 2023. Thanks very much. Thank you.
2: Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com.